Welcome to Autonomous Unity on the Solidarity with Autonomy Network, the Swan. I'm your host, Chubbs the Addict. This is episode 16. It's a roundtable discussion. What is the As Is Conference? So we got Jim M. here from Ohio. Jim, you've been around from the beginning of this? Yeah, I guess so. Um, I've been to here every year since it started. Was you and uh, you and Billy were both around in the early days. Who who kind of put it together, and what was the idea behind it originally? Well, Billy kind of put it together, and I decided to participate for balance. <laughs> for, for, for balance to Billy, huh? <laughs> how many how many home groups were originally involved? Oh gosh, there were probably about four in the beginning, and now it's grown to. Over 20. So, yeah, I noticed there were, was 49 on the schedule now? Close to 50, but over 20 groups with representation uh, here in Pennsylvania this year. Um, what are some of the reasons you participate as far as the differences between uh, what NAS does, maybe what some other service structures do? Stands for Alternate Service Informational Structure. Uh, what are the reasons you participate? What are the major differences you see and, and kind of the value in that? Well, historically, the uh, role of a service committee was to be directly responsible to the groups that it serves. And the current NA structure as set up by NAWS has reversed that idea so that service committees have become like legislative entities directing the groups that participate in them. We're uh, old style. We're original style. We're traditionalists from the get-go. We believe in direct responsibility as stated in the Ninth Tradition. Great. So... um as far as the, the direct responsibility goes, um, I notice here that groups seem to directly, actually the groups kind of run the show here. There's a motion come to the floor. It needs to go back to the groups. Is that the way it was originally done or at least originally supposed to be done uh, back in the early days when uh, kind of the, I guess what we kind of refer to as the founding of, of, uh, of modern N.A.? <laughs> The, the basic text error. Is, is that the way it was always done or the way it was intended to be done? What are the similarities there or even the differences? Well, there really, there really was no service structure until the literature movement began. Um, in California, there were a few groups that um, responded to the World Service Conference and participated. The first time I went to the World Service Conference in 1980, there were only four regions represented. And there were maybe 20 or 25 votes there. Most of them were trustees and officers of the conference. Uh, by 1981, there were over uh, 50 groups, uh, 50 areas 
that responded to the World Service Conference came and participated. And by 1982, there, were, there was a majority, a two-thirds majority of regions at the conference. It was the first time that the fellowship could make decisions on its own. Uh, the way it was set up in the original NA tree and writings on NA service um, was that groups were the primary drivers of whatever we did, of the decisions that were made. Um, any question or motion was distributed to the groups with an explanation and the groups voted on it then the area committees collected those votes and didn't manipulate them and passed them on to regions who collected the votes of areas and that set of votes was what was brought to the World Service Conference. Eventually, um, and I'll not get into the details of it, but eventually that changed so that RSRs at that time, they're called RDs now, um, could vote however they thought was right, irregardless of the group conscience that they supposedly represented. And that started in 83 or 84 and became prevalent by 85 or 86. And that's the way it is now. Uh, NAWS pretty much decides on what uh, we're going to do as a fellowship and then distributes that decision to the RDs who then uh, vote on it as if it were the opinion of their regions, which it isn't necessarily. Many of them vote differently than their region has told them to vote, and we don't think that's appropriate. We believe that groups are at the top of the service structure and need to make the decisions, and then service committees at the area regional and world level need to follow those votes and that's how we operate in as is. So um, we talk about regions and, and areas and things like that. How does it operate it as is as far as the, the voting is concerned? Who has a vote? Who doesn't? Uh, how are the groups represented here at as is? Well, pretty much a GSR from a group is the voting representative at as is. I don't see that continuing after it becomes, well, cumbersome. When there's 300 groups involved, there's not going to be 300 representatives at the conference, and we're going to have to go through the area and perhaps regional method of doing things. But that hasn't happened yet, and group representatives are those who vote here. So none of the officers would have a vote uh, unless they were here representing a home group, correct? Exactly. None of the officers has a vote by virtue of holding an office. 
I want to give a little history of Jim, and I, I know people don't like to be put on pedestals, but so people who aren't familiar with the traditionalist movement know who we're talking about. Jim was uh, heavily involved in world service at one point. Was uh, was it the style editor? Is that what it was called when the, the basic text was written? Is, is that the right title? Oh, I don't know. Um you know, I I had a lot to do with language and using the appropriate words for the appropriate meaning. And I got heavily involved in that. The biggest thing that I did is, at literature conferences, in my opinion, was that I ran, uh, well, an introduction at every world, at every world literature conference where I talked to the new people who just arrived there and explained to them how we did what we were doing. And that was uh, unique to that time frame because everybody with down to a day clean could participate. Anybody who came and was clean uh, and was a part of the fellowship was an equal member to people with 10, 15, 20 years clean. Um, it was truly uh, a work of the fellowship. Um, and I got actively involved in the four major literature conferences in Memphis, Santa Monica, Warren, and Florida that developed the basic text. I was minorly involved in some of the other work that was done, but not to the extent that I was involved in those four. And you were also uh, one of the two people, was it, who started the original NA Way when it was under the fellowship's direction and not run by the office, is that right? Well, originally there were three of us elected as co-chairmen. However, the other two kind of gave up the ghost pretty fast and I was left as the editor and for nine months of the first year why um, I administered that subcommittee and I took it around to regional conventions and we got as many people involved in the writing of the NA way as was feasible at the time. Thank you. And again, we just wanted to give people a little background on who Jim is as far as the history of our fellowship. Uh, this next guy, I'm going to use his last name because he's done it on the podcast before, Billy Allen. Uh, you're all familiar with him. If you are not, go back and listen to the real history of the Baby Blue podcast. Uh, Billy's here. He was going to talk a little bit about the As Is conference and uh, speak to some points that Jim had made as well. Uh, Jim was talking about uh, you know, future development of As Is and... Uh you know, uh, uh, you know, going from area, maybe region, as groups are talking about forming regions now. And, uh, but they would still carry, if they had, say, uh, 50 groups in a region, they would carry 50 group consciences. It would not just be as they were known at the World Service Conference as one vote. I mean, if you had uh, 50 groups and you'd had, uh, say you had 30 yeses, you would carry 30 yeses, and you had 15 no's, you would carry 15 no's and five abstentions. Uh, you know, do we, do we 
you know, because uh, and if a group decided it still want to come on its own and not participate in a regional structure, they'd be allowed to participate here. You know, as a way uh, because we are under a group conscience tally here. Right. You know, and uh, yeah, I and I think you know, especially when you when you're talking about literature writing and stuff like that there. And you and you're truly talking about group group conscience. I think that the philosophy this is being developed on is group conscience. You know, and the groups are the ones that direct this body, and uh, not vice versa. You know, and uh, you know we were used to for years. Uh, Jim and I. I mean, he went to World Service Conference. He left. I I ended up there for uh, six years at the conference. And the biggest battle was fighting for group conscience. And it was, and, and if you even read Bob Stone's book, he talks about an organized opposition, and the opposition was group conscience. Right. And that's what the, the, the opposition that he's talking about is group conscience and accountability that we, we were seeking because a good friend of ours, both his and ours in the past, Larry North, okay, was one of them guys that were in the forefront of that with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when Bob Stone was talking about that, he's talking about Larry North, he's talking about myself, and, and then Grateful Dave had emerged, okay? And people like Jim, he's talking about the things that we were doing at Merlickna at that point in time, when we developed Merlickna, as, uh, you know, and that was a fight for group conscience, is what the fight was over. It's about the conscience of groups having the right to direct its services. And so this has been set up, and initially, uh, it was five, actually five home groups that made the decision at the, at the first conference, and we had it at Cedar Church Center, that made a decision that we're going to, and the first conference we did was actually just to see if we had groups that want to do this thing. And we come back the next year and formally made a decision we were going to have the As Is Conference Center, is how we developed this. So, uh, and we had a few other people there, and we got a couple people angry at us because we were talking about total abstinence. Seriously, we had a guy flee out of our room that time. <laughs> you know, just ran out and was all upset at us because we were talking about total abstinence, which that is, you know, one of the IPs that, you know, groups have developed. Uh, complete abstinence is another one that's been developed through group conscience, and we believe addicts can write, you know, vice versa. As he talked about world services, they don't believe, and it's actually in their FIPT, that groups do not write. It's in there. And people need to understand that whole document. Here, we believe in the old process that Jim was talking about, you know, the writing of the base text. We believe it works. Yeah. And we believe that groups can write, and groups should have be empowered to write. And they should write, and they're going to set up the process on how it becomes an accepted IP or even if it's not accepted, it still can be group uh, accepted instead. And that's been, the, you know, I think the big discussion in this conference is basically empowering home groups to be able to write on their own, accept an IP in the home group, and, and, and then if this gets approved as a whole, it, you know, we're talking about how to set up that process and the group set up for us. I, I wanted to um, make a point because when Jim was talking and you brought the same 
thing to mind as you were talking and i want to i want to um just briefly reference your clean dates again not to put anybody on a pedestal but it's very important to the point i'm trying to make here jim you were got clean in 1979 is that correct yeah we both got clean in 1979 i got clean in may and bill in november right and i was just here uh the same uh, location for your 35th birthday not too <laughs> too far back uh in the end of 2014 there uh and uh uh, the reason I, I, I say that is because when we talk about group conscience in NA today, if you came in like in 97 when I did, when we hear group conscience, a lot of us think something very different than what these two gentlemen are talking about. We hear group conscience and we think about a global group conscience that's expressed at a WSC or something that's expressed in a service committee. Uh, at, and if you haven't heard the other podcast, we talk about this. The reason the G was tra- capitalized in our traditions was we're talking about actual NA groups, the home groups. So that's where group conscience happens. This idea of service body conscience uh, happening, Jim alluded to, where we have in the mid-80s where we put forth this vote of confidence where decisions are being made in service bodies is not something that was originally uh, referred to as group conscience at all. I don't think it's until the concepts are, are foisted on the fellowship that we start having a fellowship, start talking about group conscience happening in a service body itself, or, or was that talk happening even when they were talking about initial votes of confidence? Was there uh, were they talking about that being group conscience back then? Now, what we talked about as group conscience was the collection no matter how they counted it, in a region of the group's decision, the number of different groups' decision regarding an issue or a motion. That was what was treated as group conscience. The vote of the groups wasn't discounted in some way, and it wasn't manipulated in any way, um, except if there were very powerful personalities in the group that manipulated it, I, I, I could speak to that. But group conscience is what happens when a group, a definitive NA group, makes a decision regarding a question or a motion, and then passes that on uh, down the service structure. So it's safe to say then that when we're talking about group conscience, the way we're talking about it here, we're talking about home groups. Uh, And I just say this, most people listening are probably going to be familiar with the NAS structure where they talk about group conscience and it's what region decided without the input of groups. So we're, we're, we're talking about group conscience here. We're talking adverse, you know, we're fighting for group conscience. We're talking about something very different back then and what a lot of newer addicts understand it to be today because they've been taught a a false uh, definition really many ideas have been changed using the language of service and the fellowship the largest ideas that has been changed is the idea of recovery and abstinence you know there are people who are using uh, drugs that are substitutes for street drugs that call themselves clean. That's not clean. That's using. 
taking Suboxone is using drugs. It's not being clean. The same as uh, group conscience is what happens in home groups rather than at service committees like area committees or regional committees. And those decisions are not group conscience. The name has been bastardized. Oh, I couldn't have, couldn't have put that better. The name has been bastardized. We got a few other people in the room here. We're kind of having a roundtable. Does anybody want to interject? And as I come around, just state your name. And if you want to state a group you're representing or anything else that you think is pertinent, uh, go ahead and we'll just go from here. No, I'm an addict named Sean. I just wanted to comment on the group conscience thing, you know, because when these guys came around, really, we did group conscience was something that was a theory you know and and that they developed you know uh, they got clean in 79 I got clean in 89 you know um, by the time we came around we believed what they were telling us you know and the group conscience was where we make decisions it's the only thing that matters that group conscience is the most important thing that a group can do uh, is, is to make real decisions and that they should be counted and that they were included you know and for a short time that happened but not for very long at all you know before we even those of us who weren't there when it started started realizing what was going on you know and it's funny because there's another guy that I got clean with who is not involved with as is but we are he's actually involved in the mainstream structure but I still talk to him on occasion we got clean together we did a lot of service together, you know, and some of the discussion has gone along the lines of most people today wouldn't know group conscience, you know, uh, for lack of a better way to say it, if it bit them on the ass today. They don't understand what Jim was just and Billy were just defining as what group conscience really is, you know, that it has to come from, from an N.A. group, you know, um, that it does, committees are not groups. Right. Committees do not count as groups. No matter how many addicts you put in them, they can't be a home group. Right. You know, because it's all about being responsible to the home groups we serve when you're a committee. And the home groups have the f should have the final say on any decisions that are made. Right. You know, and, and anything that's being decided on should originate at the home group to be presented. That, that's something very important because we've talked on the podcast before and obviously I know what's going on for the most part as is and in these podcasts I will ask questions of people uh, as if I'm someone listening to the podcast who wouldn't know these things um, but uh, as far as that we've talked about not just that ultimate authority with the home groups being expressed at the home group level I should say because it's not us who are the ultimate authority but the loving higher power that's expressed in those groups that's not a final authority like we hear about in the concepts and you touched on that that's primary and final authority that's the group should be pushing this all the way through I know there's been frustration this is my first time at the conference but I was involved with phone calls <laughs> last year and, and people who were frustrated not realizing because we're so entrenched in this committee mentality and not realizing where group conscience takes place that you know 
motions last year weren't making it to any sort of debate because a they wanted to vote on them now without sending them back to, and b, some of them didn't come from a group at all and it was like no people were having trouble understanding it that any motion needs to originate with a home group because we don't just have the final say we have the ultimate authority which means primary middle and end you know pretty much the alpha and the omega and that that's where it needs to originate and that's where it needs to end is is the home group level our original service literature, the NA3 and the Blue Service Manual, were written on the basis of only groups making decisions in the fellowship. And that's how we did things as long as we were embracing those as, as our guidelines. Um, area committees and regional committees were not a part of N.A., even though they served N.A. Only groups were a part of N.A. When World Service changed that idea in our literature and in people's minds, then we started to make decisions as a fellowship in, and call the decisions of areas and regions in the World Service Conference group conscience. And it's not. Group conscience is what autonomous NA groups think. And it's the collection of the votes of those groups. Only groups are part of NA, and service committees, although they serve groups, their only function is to be directly responsible, and they're not a part of N.A., like was written in the original Fourth and Ninth Tradition. I'm not sure which one it was. It was both, actually. The fourth, the fourth Tradition made clear that the, in the long form, that the services were not part of N.A., but, and the Ninth also reiterated that and said, but they're not a part of N.A., none of them has the power to rule, censor, decide, or dictate. The short form of the Ninth Tradition, in my opinion, makes clear that N.A. as such exists prior to and apart from the creation of any optional services. Anyway, uh, continue. Sorry. Well, no, that's fine. That's, that's what I wanted to get across, that our literature states this accurately. However, one of the big problems is that most of the fellowship reads bastardized literature that was changed by small, limited subcommittees that had no relationship to group conscience and to the fellowship's input, rejected the fellowship's input. And that's why here at As Is and across uh, our group participation, we recommend that members use only the second edition basic text and somewhat the baby blue and the gray book and the original 13 pamphlets. The original literature that was written by the literature committee rather than small closed committees that wanted to control the thought process of the fellowship. And if you don't believe that that's true, why? Call me, 330-853-2996. Thank you, Jim. <coughs> we had a discussion, you and I, a while ago on the phone, and uh, 
it, you basically said something a lot of groups don't even understand what true group conscience is, and I'm talking about even at the group level, where it's not about collecting a vote, where it's about taking this home for a little while, praying, meditating, talking to sponsors, trying to get in touch with the will of a loving higher power, and then coming back and, and make a decision based on an expression of that. Um, I am that voice that wants to get my way. I am that voice that could very easily control things. And, and uh, when we talk about believing in the traditions, I've, I've seen two things happen in a group that I belong to. One is sometimes I will step back and go, wait a minute, you know what? We need to wait on this because I'm trying to push this through. The other thing that has been said to me on more than one occasion, because these group members are educated now and they they do know what group conscience is and they believe in that is when I'm trying to push something through or make it happen now the words will they'll, they'll hit me all the time with do you want to have a group conscience or do you just want to be right but I have observed something very interesting at as is here and to me it's safeguards number one is the as is conference uh, we, it's, it's really just the home groups. And we say, and as is, we recommend it's not a committee of people. Uh, and we have groups here that use literature other than what here it as is we recommend. I'd also add the approval draft to that. But there are groups here that use uh, some of the mainstream literature, for lack of a better term. Uh, it's not mainstream. Let's just call it what it is, the corporate literature. Um, we have some groups that participate here that use that, and they're free to do that. But some of the safeguards that I see here against it, we don't do a whole lot at as is. We don't do things that normally it's, it's alternate service information structure is, is what it's currently called and has been from the beginning. And it's about collecting information the way the NA tree talks about sharing information. When we're writing literature, uh, that's something that all the groups vote on. But we don't end up voting on much because there's not much that a service body should be doing because we're not governing anybody. The other safeguard, I, and I saw it happen today, where there was a disagreement over some literature that had been written. Um, and we're in the process of which IPs do we are ready to go back to the, the fellowship. And we're talking about the fellowship that, that participates in as-is for, for approval by the as-is conference. And... And and the question came up, well, hey, my group's not going to put this one on the table. And, and the other safeguard I see there is because we're not controlling anything and we're and it's more about approving literature, some of the principles that we uphold here are groups can write their own home group approved literature and don't need the permission of any conf conference. Number one, number two, and I'm just going to use my group as an example, if this conference passes an IP that my group just doesn't like, we don't have to put it on the table and nobody's going to have a problem with that. To remember a few years back, it was a disagreement, and it was a majority. Uh, I mean, it was over a two-third vote. I write for something, and our group opposed, and we said, and and uh, you know, uh, the two groups opposed, and that still did not the 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 over majorities did not that did not pass. We went back out. We found out what was the reasoning of the other two groups. All right, we reworded it in October. That went back out the next year, and then it was 100% approval then. All right, so that was that's one of the safeguards that's already in place there. Even today in the conference, we have this. Um, I think so many of us are trained to be part of this committee structure and let's approve things and 
and that adherence to the principles and, and the chairperson constantly bringing us back to hear the principles and the groups run things we don't and, and uh, I it was really beautiful to see that in action today so I think this is a perfect illustration with with all the differences of opinion that are obviously sitting in this room you would think that this would be a big ugly process and I sat in a conference today and did not see a single argument I sat in a conference and saw some disagreements start to take shape and quickly diffuse and never get to that point because everybody here is focused on the traditions and we're not muddled with concepts that say everybody gets a vote and is political about every you know, every committee member and, and, and this is where things are controlled. It really is about not just the traditions but those immutable spiritual principles behind those traditions and and when we really stop and look at that i go man there's just nothing I, yeah we had a, a we had a, a conference here that nationwide I mean, and we've i mean worldwide if we count the groups that aren't here from europe uh and i don't feel like i need a recovery meeting after the meeting because it just it's a beautiful beautiful process And it's always been that way. You know, I think that's one of the wonderful things about as is. And one of the things that I would share with anyone who's dissatisfied with mainstream NA service. Come and join us and see what the original service literature was talking about where groups are in control and service committees follow the direction that they're provided by the groups they serve. And, you know, I'm so grateful that we hold that principle dear and stick to it rather than making decisions on, oh, 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 I'm going to do this now. You know, that's how the World Service Conference screwed up service in Narcotics Anonymous. And that's exactly what we have to learn from and create the method to defuse in our fellowship. It's going to take a lot of re-education of people who don't understand what group conscience is. It's going to take a lot of re-education of people who think that area committees, regional committees, and the World Service Conference are a part of NA when they are not a part of NA. It's going to take a lot of re-education of people who don't understand that the, that the traditions are an important part of our group's life and our personal daily life in recovery from addiction if we're truly practicing the NA program. I'm an agony Mikey. Um, I like what Jim said um, about like if uh, you have a problem with the mainstream, you know, come join us. Um, I had a friend of mine, you know, introduce me to the as is and everything. I was having problems with the area I was in. At the time, I was a GSR for my home group at the time, and even on an area service level, I saw our votes didn't matter. 
Um, you know, there's about two or three people in that area at the time, you know, that everybody else in the groups around followed around like sheep. And, you know, one of my main reasons to get clean is to formulate my own opinions. And, um, you know, and, you know, there was a lot of disstructure, a lot of broken traditions in the area I was in. And, you know, the area, uh, like, I was so fed up, you know, and I went back to my home group. I was like, I don't want the GSR position anymore. They're like, well, you have a year commitment. You got to take it and everything. And, uh, you know, yes, I left out of spite. And I almost left Narcotics Anonymous, period, because of it. You know, until a friend of mine, you know, brought me here and I talked to people like Billy and stuff and he explained, you know, you know, like I didn't have a full grasp on the traditions. I still kind of have, you know, questions about them here and there and stuff, but I know there's people here that I can go to and they're going to set me straight with those and stuff um, when I have those questions, when they arise. But like, you know, I just felt like my area was just... You know, I could see that they were breaking traditions, even, you know, even not knowing the full extent of the tradition, you know, I still got the gist of it, right. you know, by reading them and stuff, and, um, you know, that's basically all I really got right now, you just want to elaborate a little bit. Yeah, you know, you touched on something that's important, I talk to addicts all the time, and they're dissatisfied with the service either at the area level or, or sometimes I talk to people involved in service at area level and they're like the region is constantly telling us what to do or it's just why do we even have car and cat reports because they're so thick nobody reads them and when we vote it doesn't really get represented at world or they're, and they're just not sure and if you're a new addict to this or and by new I mean somebody who came in when I did or after the concepts are already in place and you, and you don't know what's wrong but you know something's wrong study these traditions without the filter of the concepts study what they mean what they literally mean what they meant when they were formulated by our predecessors even study what those traditions really literally mean and look at what we're doing today and the cbdm was mentioned earlier how can we have a group conscience when we have a group level of service we have an area level of service we have region we have so we have these four levels of service and the groups decide something and now at the area level it can be completely renegotiated because we got a cbdm at there and now the areas have decided but we're going to cbdm it at the region world or, or the region level and then we get to the world level and the world board is going to heavily influence the rds and tell them what they want and we're going to sometimes hold a consensus-based decision-making. Yeah. And, and, and so, how? yeah, if we're going to have direct accountability to the groups, how can we reinterpret what the groups have decided at every level? How can it even? And if that doesn't make sense to you, then come to as is and see a lot of how we originally did things. Uh, and, and to be honest, a lot of ways that we didn't originally do things because we're able to look at our history and go, hey, here's where we screwed up here's where we got it wrong here's where we shouldn't have done this or where we should have done that and and uh you know one of the discussions i have with addicts all the time is how did we screw up back in the day these old timers and it's like hold on these old timers in world service had two to five years clean you know you're sitting here asking me questions about the traditions you got 
two years clean. You were the World Service old-timer at that point, and you're telling me you don't understand the tradition, so of course we're going to make mistakes. Uh, I'm going to make mistakes. I have changed my opinion on some things just in the last year or two. Uh, Specialty meetings, special interest meetings, I've changed my opinion that they should not happen. I've changed my opinion, and I do not believe we should be signing court cards. It's because we come to an understanding of these traditions and we learn from our mistakes is the way I view it and it's you know they are non-negotiable but we are human and we're going to make the mistakes and and you know you show me somebody uh who's never related a tradition and I'll show you somebody who hasn't been in narcotics anonymous very long <laughs> right on right on I'm Rosemary and I'm an addict and um you know from Georgia and our area has kind of attacked our group a little bit just because of the whole um, handing out literature. And, you know, I, before up until about, I guess it was November whenever I met you, right? And um, I didn't even know Aziz existed. I didn't know that there was an alternative. And, in fact, I had barely heard a few other things that were going on and, and that, that, that didn't really jive with me. And I, they didn't feel right either. But some, and, and definitely the NAW server structure didn't feel right because... Um, I guess my primary concern has been that, like, this watered-down message, you know, that, that I see, like, going around and, like, well, what about the people who are coming in and this is all they know? And I was one of those people, and it just didn't feel – and I was lucky enough to try to get clean 10 years ago, and things were slightly different in that area. It wasn't quite as – it wasn't, like – they didn't pat me on the ass and tell me it's okay. I mean, it was, you know – you better do something or you're going to die. And I didn't want to do anything. And so I went back out and this time around that message seemed to have changed. And, um, and with the court papers and, um, and getting involved in area service and seeing that it was more like, you know, they give the group reports last at, at the areas that, that were part. That is the last thing they do is talk about group issues. And, um, never once have I been there. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, what was first on the agenda here at As Is? Exactly. And that was the first, that was one of the first things I noticed is that this is a group, you know, it's here to serve the groups. And also talking about how are you carrying the message, and that is not something, and I can say I've been to a number of area service meetings, and I've never once heard them say, well, how can we as an area help you as the groups further carry this message? I've never heard them say, what can we do to help you? And that's what I heard here today. It was about, well, you know, what can we do to help you? There was communication um, and, I, and exchange of ideas. And, um, you know, and just I'll, I'll, I'll close with this. It's really funny because um, our region sent a, a letter to our area to make sure that they basically told our group to stop with the distribution of the baby blues. You know, and here's why. Um, and everyone in our area was like, well, you know, what you're doing is wrong. And it seems like this, that it's a legitimate, like, culture thing. Like, they do not understand that the way that the service structure works and that the groups and the members were up here and that everyone else is down here. You know, it tr it's trickled down. And I hate when they say we're sending money up to world. I'm like, sending it up to what? Yeah. We're at the top. You know, and but I really, really believe that like people don't, and because I was one of those people that did not understand that until I got involved and wanted to educate myself. You know, and I just think that it's a lot easier for some of them, especially in my area, I see, to sit back and just be like, eh, I'm just gonna go to meetings and socialize and not really get involved. And what concerns me is, well, what about the future of Narcotics Anonymous? You know, like what about the people who haven't gotten clean yet? Right. Uh, the, the whole focus when she talks about there about uh, talk about the money flowing to world up the world. 
<laughs> uh, money don't flow here. Right. All right? Yeah. We're, we're letting you know that it will cost you this year if you want to create this LLC is what's going to cost you. And then the groups will make a decision on, on paying that bill and collectively how they're going to do that there. But it's not going to flow here. It's not the purpose of this body. The purpose of this body is for communication to be a service to, uh, you know, and when you said that, the, the issue is not money here. At, the, at that level, the issue is money, constant money. And uh, that's why here we say, you want to print your own literature, print it. You know, we don't have a problem with that there. You know, we develop a piece of literature and you choose that you want to print it or if we want to co-op it and find a, a printer out there, that printer will be the service center, not us creating the service center for us. The printer will provide that service, and as, as we've been doing with, with uh, books, drop shipping them to different places instead of letting the printer handle them. And they don't deal with our affairs. The printer doesn't deal with our affairs. They're right. paid for their service, and that's the end of it. Yeah, <laughs> Billy's not saying they'll be our service center in the sense that they're in any service center. He's saying we will pay them to do what we would normally spend a lot more money financing an indefinite, indefinite service center to take care of, and you're still going to pay those printing costs with that service center. And I want to be very clear with people we're talking about whether we're talking about the anonymy foundation that becoming an llc or whether we're talking about renting this facility that we're in for 1250 a month this is what happened and if i'm wrong correct me but my understanding is a home group stepped forward paid the tab up front and now we come in and we pay the cost to be here individually and that's not even forced on us by the way uh, but we come in here we pay the cost to be here individually for the food there's not a profit motive here things are very inexpensive and not one dime has been asked for or set aside with regard to that llc it's not let's collect this money up front and have a fund flow and it's not we're going to donate money to a service body it's if you want these services we will do what we're supposed to do and finance these services directly as home groups as we need them and i think greg p wrote in the, in his precepts the money will be there when it's spiritually motivated, when the time is right, something to that effect. If if it's a service we want and if it's in line with group conscience, the money will be there. We don't need to be generating millions of dollars or even hundreds of thousands for just in case. We really, in fact, I love how the Gray Book talks about our our poverty it keeps us where we need to be spiritually and yeah, and operating on these shoestring budgets. And you look like you had something to. You said it. <laughs> I'm sorry, I talked too damn much. <laughs> I was just looking at saying, yeah, you know, it's been our experience, you know, that no matter what project we're doing, we've participated in, if the spirit's right, the money shows up. You know, um, when we did uh, the world conference, the world convention, you know, we at the conference we put down, put together some bookmarks. You know, and one of the questions was. Who's paying for this? How we, how's this going to get taken care of? It's like, well, just keep going and keep doing the work, and if it's meant to happen, the money will show up. Who are you and where are you from? Uh, I'm an addict. My name's Sean, and I'm from Philadelphia. <laughs> you know, and um, funny thing happened along the way because uh, under direction from the groups, this committee did exactly that. Made uh, Using modern technology, we were able to communicate. We made those bookmarks up. And by the time it was time where we needed money to print, we had more money than we needed to print the bookmarks. 
you know, the groups decided to print 700 baby blues because that's how much extra money we had um, collected when we were worried about having enough. Right. You know, and we and we could have passed out many more if we had had them at the World Convention. But it, and that was a fun event to, to participate in. So you had enough money to print 700 baby blues or 76th editions. <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to throw in that addition, in. <laughs> in addition to what we originally started out to do. Wow. That yeah. was on top of what we right. started to do. So, so the bookmarks are paid for, and then we got 700 books on top of it. Yes. Plus we got five, 10,000 uh, IP things. Yes. Oh, wow. Who are you, and where are you from? I'm Rosemary. I'm an addict from Gainesville, Georgia. And um, I just have a question. Back to the group conscience because something that y'all said really curious about because um, I've never actually see I don't believe it, it uh, you know whenever my home group has a group conscience or if your home group has their group conscience y'all don't vote on anything that day you bring a subject up and then you take you, nothing's voted on immediately is what you're saying is that y'all take it you take the time in between group conscience to pray on it and talk to people about it and really um, and the, so that's my question it, so nothing is voted on on the day of your group conscience y'all take it everything back home with you to pray about. Let's get some individual answers here from people from various groups. It's the way our home group operates. We don't, uh, if we're having a group conscience, we don't vote on anything there. It has to go back and we will talk about it the, the next group conscience. And if there's questions, we'll, it goes back again. Because uh, it's it's uh, in, in a group conscience and if you initially vote on it immediately when it hits the floor, when did you really get time to pray? When did you really get time to look at the traditions and look at the traditions, how it fits to the 12 traditions? Because that should be the primary focal point. Does it fit to the 12 traditions on the ideals that we have? And if it doesn't, then maybe we shouldn't be doing it. You know, and, and, and in a group conscience, like you're talking about, a strong personality can control that emotional moment. And if you don't have a strong coordinator or a chair or whatever you want to call it, Focusing it back on the group and saying, "Hold it, uh, we can't allow that today." So that could come back next week with it, or the next month with it, and and do some prayer, look at the twelve traditions, talk with other members about this stuff, and then we'll come back and discuss it next month again. Yeah, I'll speak to that too, Jim. At uh, some questions we answered right away. If the answer is straightforward and simple and everybody feels as if they've got a position already, why, we answer that question right away. Some questions we put off until a future date if they require some prayer and meditation and consideration of alternatives. Uh, there's no pat methodology uh, and we can't necessarily decide that we're going to wait or we're going to answer it right now. Some questions are simple and easy to answer and the answer is quite obvious to us. Some questions require some prayer and meditation and consideration of alternatives over time. So it's up to the question, and it's up to the group. If there's hesitation uh, by anybody in the group, we put off the answer until later. If there's no hesitation, 
why we know we can give an answer right now. Yeah, um, I think it goes back to the autonomy of the groups. I'm, I'm going to give two answers here for me because the uh, to me what Billy's saying here is the ideal and probably the way the group that I participate in we should be doing it. But our practice is what Jim is saying is that sometimes we've got questions and, and a perfect example is something we all know we want to put on the original na.org website which is our home groups website sometimes we'll just hey I'll, hey can i put this up and yeah go ahead and do it and that probably is still something that we should go back and pray but our practice yeah I, I think our um what am i trying to say our, our ideal <laughs> is to do what billy's saying and what his group does but our practice is actually to do what jim's saying and what jim group does and uh you know, I've actually been in, in uh, it was in another home group uh, where we had a, a question come in. Everybody was, hey, let's do it. And it actually had to do with participating in, it was a group that still does not participate in as is, but does use baby blues. And the question came, do we want to participate in some of this literature writing? Well, right away, everybody's like, yeah, let's do this. But we decided, even though the answer seemed obvious and hold on let's let's back off and then when we did back off we realized there were a lot of people in the group that just weren't ready that were a little iffy that were you know and as much as i'd love to see that group it was like once we said let's really allow this to go back and, and it, i don't know if that was really a higher power's will for that group but we had people who were iffy and what that group said decided was look if you want to participate in this there's Chubbs the Addict and, and his other group over there. Go ahead and participate with them. But right now, this home group is going to lay back and see how it develops, and, and that was up to them. So we actually had an experience where the answer seemed obvious, and it probably was the right answer, but it there really wasn't enough interest in that home group. It wouldn't have been supported anyway because people were just going along to go along. And, uh, and, and it's contrary to what we're trying to do it as is we're not trying to force any agendas on anybody or or force any groups people come to time well can i still participate in this service body or that service body or we're still using the nas literature and like i said despite what we recommend it's like hey that's your home group you guys do what you're going to do we don't tell you anything i think billy made a point earlier that when you really start to trust this process and see it unfold you're eventually going to abandon those old ways anyway we don't have to to tell you you know I, I think once you really see open participation in the old literature and the new literature right now which is the same thing open participation it, it really um you there's no need for me to rely on a corporation or our home group to rely on a corporation to give us or do anything for us because we're relying on will of a loving higher power instead of the direction of nas you know um did you have anything you wanted to add to this, brother? Got Ken over here, and uh, I'd just love to get you in on this discussion, bro. We're talking about as is, and really anything you want to say about it. Uh, no, I was just saying, we're talking about group conscience, and, uh, you know, I see group conscience as like, uh, okay, if you want to define group conscience, it's a collective 11 step applied to a specific issue. You know, it's like, what's God's will and the power to carry it out? It's like, let's have it. And, you know, sometimes groups do, you know, they they do, like you were saying, they decide some quick, and it's like, it hasn't really been deliberated or prayed on, and sometimes it works, it's in line. 
with what they would have done if they prayed on it. You know, it's 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 like group group opinion, but like like you say, a, a real group conscience is is kind of ideal. Uh, it's like you take you you take the issue back. All the members they pray on it, meditate on it in their own private lives, and come back and make the decision. But you know that 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 rarely happens because you know I, I think that uh, as a fellowship it's it's easy for us to like uh, like things in principle or something, but it's actually harder to find the faith to apply them in our own lives, you know, and uh, and I like what Billy was saying, I mean, that's the ideal is like to bring up an issue and let all the members go home with it, live with it for a week, pray on it, think about it, then come back and make your decision, and that, you know, that rarely happens, but uh, that would be ideal, because like, like, like I say, to me, to me, a group conscience is like a collective 11 step you know we each we each look for god's will and the power to carry it out anyway thanks and ken do you mind if i uh, tell him ken was instrumental in uh, getting radio free na going correct and uh, billy over here um moderates that now and radio free is just a place where we uh, a lot of us choose to come together on our own and discuss na issues it's a forum we got uh Roberto over here right now, who does the uh, Listen to Learn Facebook page uh, that uh, I enjoy immensely, and uh, I'm sure you've got some thoughts for us on group conscience and as is, or I hope you do. Yeah. <laughs> Put you on the spot. No, it's, it's okay. It's a good spot. It's a good spot to be. I'm Robert. I'm an addict. Uh, Roberto, and I'm from New York. And uh, yeah, I, I created that uh, web uh, web page. Uh, uh, listen, uh, listen to learn. Uh, there's no group conscience there. <laughs> yeah. You know, sometimes I do have a problem with group conscience. I think one of the most difficult things for me in recovery has been to let others make mistakes. Being around a certain amount of time, I've seen the stuff that works, and I've seen the stuff that doesn't work. So... You know, that being said, I've seen group conscience go a certain way where it is, is an accident waiting to happen. But we have to let people learn. And that's been difficult. You know, I compare that like to the parent who, who parents their child. And, you know, it, I mean, it happened to me. My father and mother knew, you do this, this is what's going to happen. I still did it anyway, and I had to learn through my own mistakes. So that's been like the most difficult thing for me as far as following group conscience. Uh, to me, a true group conscience, everyone has to have a higher power. You know, if nobody's working steps in that group, then you have a crazy conscience. It's not, it's not a God conscience. It's not a, I, I've seen, well, we lost two meetings back in New York over group con so-called group conscience because the members that were voting weren't practicing principles or traditions. So there's got to be some guideline, you know, otherwise we're just a bunch of crazy people trying to make a decision if nobody's working steps. You know, and, and, and in that case, it was, it was the, the conscience was of, of, a, of another fellowship. 
and they all had sponsors from other fellowships and they were guided by group opinion and popularity more than group conscious. So they outnumbered me and Suzanne and maybe another num member. So does that make it group conscience is good even though the majority said this is what's going on? And I guess we could compare that to what's going on today in Narcotics Anonymous. You know, when we look at s certain things like service structure, the majority might say, yes, yeah, this is the vote. You know, if they even get to vote. But does that make that thing right? You know, does that make the objective the right thing? So I think it's very personal. Uh, I think it takes a lot of experience, but you know, we have to start somewhere. Um, this is the first time I've actually been in any conference. I've always been a member that I'm not too much into conventions and all that. I never really saw the need for that. Uh, I, I make a lot of meetings, and the last thing I want to do is make a thousand meetings in one big area. <laughs> when I make meetings, two or three meetings, you know, a day sometimes, you know, uh, at least five. So I never saw that as Narcotics Anonymous. I just woke up about a year ago uh, thanks to a lot of people here. You know, and it was an awakening, and I've seen the difference today. I saw things that you were talking about that it might be the right thing to do, but take it back to the groups. What's the urgency? You know, we're not going anywhere. How many things are time sensitive? You know, one of those clauses that I've heard in the past. The emergency vote. <laughs> yeah, the, the emergency vote, and it's got to, you know, what is that about? Very little things ha have, ha have that uh, clause, time sensitive. Ver very little. It, may, it might be something that has to go in the car report before something's up or something like that. And, you know, and it's our fault that it wasn't there before, but very little stuff. But the area that, that, um, that I come from don't seem to know that. You know, they want the GSRs to make their uh, uh, decisions. And it scared me. I read the, uh, the local guide to services and actually gives the GSR the right to vote his conscience for his group and NA. Okay. It mentioned the group and it mentions the rest of Narcotics Anonymous. One person who's a GSR could make that conscience vote. And that shocked me because when I looked at the other structure system, the one Greg P. first had, it was so simple. It, it, was, it, it was more simpler than the traditions themselves. <laughs> it was like, really? Is this what, this is how simple it should be? And, you know, today just uh, kind of confirms uh, all my uh, doubts that I ever had. Or I, like, I didn't know they say that you don't know what you don't know. And, that is, and that's so true because today I just awoken a lot. And, you know, I want to thank you also. You know, we do need to listen to learn, you know, and, uh, and I expect this pod to be there because I'm, I'm you know, <laughs> I'm going to first ask, you know, um, I, I, I wasn't here in the beginning, so I don't know if that was covered. So uh, This is actually a podcast we're doing for that, so it'll, it'll definitely be up on the Listen to Learn site. So. Okay, well, that sounds good. <laughs> well, thank you, and, you know, and I hope uh, you guys can have me back again next year. Thank you. Yeah, um, you know, you mentioned the group conscience and our basic text, as well as the Gray Book. Gray Book goes very into detail about the difference between group conscience and group opinion. And that sometimes we think we've reached a group conscience and we really just have an opinion. But I find it very interesting. This seems to have come full circle at this point because we started talking out about uh, uh, talking about as is being based on group conscience. And, and here we are suddenly all we're just we're not discussing really as is. we're just discussing group conscience, which is 
what this whole thing is about and it feels like a good spot to end but we have a lot of people here and I'd like to if anybody has anything else they'd like to say on as is why they're here group conscience I would love to get as many people as would like to to give us a little blurb and I'll also probably be available a little bit tomorrow morning that people can jump in and, and talk about as is if they want to there but uh, is there anybody that would like to say anything before we wrap this up nobody yeah yes sir yeah let's get over here and you brought up about the gray book okay the tradition part that's chapter six that Greg wrote Greg wrote them traditions in there and it's totally Greg and uh, you know it's something that we gotta know that the reason that our group first said let's look to see if there's other groups out there like us that want to develop the structure that we actually start to define in 1991 through a, a history conference and trying to write a history book back then that never materialized uh, but we did start uh, doing gatherings for about four or five years I think it was about five years we did gatherings and we struggled with groups not willing at that point of time to go back and you know do these things a bit, you know and uh, there was so much fear and apprehensive after the court case that it basically there was so much fear over the fellowship going on that we didn't develop this and then we decided that uh, and that's when we sent a letter out and said you know it's time we'll see who's available who wants to do this stuff and people showed up at Cedar Church in Allentown and uh, from that point we said this is the direction we want to go and the first thing we developed if you look through our history of as is is the second the fourth the seventh and the ninth tradition were adapted in full at this conference and we it's a strict adherence to that you know them principles were voted on by the groups the groups voted on them principles and and they made the decision that this conference will be governed by that you know and that's governed by the groups of narcotics anonymous and that this is the direction we're going to go in and right now you know the meeting list which i know already expanded by one group okay while we're sitting here because i got a phone call in a, a group from california said they had a group conscience and they made the decision to join as is so that's the big five oh right okay all right so uh and that's uh our friend jason out there all right he said we made that decision you know we've been getting baby blues we've been out in the forefront out here and we uh, made a decision to join which is exciting to me even though they can't be here, he said, next year, if I can make it, I'm going to bring my wife with me. You know, and he said, we're going to start looking at that now to plan. But you start looking at stuff like this, it's just like, this is happening, folks. And, you know, people are going to look at this here and say, I was part of this. It's the ground, it's the ground floor like Jim and I were when we first got clean. This is 1981 all over again to me. You know, and that's what we're doing here. 
And it's a philosophy that Greg put in place when he talks about the NHRA. The principles are still in the blue manual from Greg. And the traditions in the gray book are the, are the philosophy of that, that Greg, and Greg used to say to us, and it was, I, I never understood it back then, but he'd say, you believe in something that don't exist. And then Sean said, they started doing it in Philly, and it was there for them, but it really didn't exist once you left there. Still that same philosophy really did not exist. We are bringing that into existence finally, that it does exist, and it's true, and people are, are yearning for it out there. They want it. There's a cry for this out there. All over, all over the world right now, they're, they're seeking us out. We don't seek them out. They seek us out. They hear of us somehow, and they're seeking us now. You know, and I think that's the exciting thing of where we're headed and what we're doing. And like I shared when we were in there in the other room, you know, with some people, this is what can we do versus what we can't do. How can we serve versus how can we dictate? But how can we be a service? What do you want? The, what do the groups want us to do so we can serve them? And I want—I just want to close with that. Okay. Thank you, Bill. And I, I want to point out to those listening: when we talk about Greg wrote these traditions, make no mistake, that was part of the open participatory process. The committee could have input anything they wanted anybody could have showed up and those traditions were so clear and and so well there was no need from what i hear from people back then there was no need to modify that it wasn't like we had one man dictating to us um and uh one thing i'd like to say kind of include yeah a good friend of mine who i i really look up to once wrote i'm sure a lot of people are out there going well what are are these guys talking about a different service structure can we really jettison nas you know and keep in mind nas is not supposed to carry the na name and and did not always carry the na name but you know the question comes up can we really jettison the service structure can we really create something different and not participate in that and this guy wrote of course we can the only thing stopping us is our disease and nurse and as soon as we don't operate from that disease process you know we can do anything we want in this fellowship you know under the direction of a loving higher power so does anybody else have anything to add Jim, anybody? I sure appreciate everybody being here, and we'll. Like I said, if you have something you want to add, catch me tomorrow morning, and we'll we'll get it on the tail end of the podcast. Thanks. And so there you have it. That's the roundtable discussion from the 2015 Alternate Service Information Structure Conference for Narcotics Anonymous. That was a little impromptu, uh, unplanned, informal discussion we had uh, the night of June 20th, 2015. It was after the uh, second day of the conference. Uh, We will be holding the conference again next year, obviously. Uh, You will probably be hearing a lot more about the As Is Conference on this podcast uh, in future episodes. Uh, At least uh, that would be my hope that uh, we discuss that a little bit more. Uh, in the meantime, if you would like to get more information on the As Is Conference uh, or your home group would like to join or consider joining, uh, you can always go to the website. Uh, there are several websites that the uh, As Is Conference, the Anonymy Foundation, 
uh, are accessible through probably the easiest one to remember is nahelp.org. That's nahelp.org, or if you're a frequent visitor to the old school or original na.org websites that the Alive and Free Nomads group runs, uh, there is now a direct link on the front page, I believe, uh, to the As Is conference. Uh, just a little disclosure, this was not the case when this uh, recording was made, nor was it in any way planned, uh, but uh, the third day of the conference, I ended up uh, elected as the conference co-chair. Uh, not that it matters much, there's no power involved with that position, but uh, maybe not everybody listening to the podcast uh, fully comprehends that at this point, especially if you're new to that, but uh, just full disclosure there, uh, <laughs> I will be talking about as is. I had been plan, uh, planning on being involved with it just by virtue of uh, at least currently being my home group's representative. Uh, I am the GSR, or the equivalent of what is a GSR for my home group. We don't call it GSR. We simply call it Trusted Servant. Uh, that position will obviously need to change before next year's conference or at least somebody else represent us. Uh, at as is, uh, as uh, officers are not allowed to vote at as is, which is a, a very good thing uh, in my estimation. Uh, so just a little disclosure there, uh, like I said, with the way that conference operates, it, it doesn't matter much. There's absolutely no power. Uh, there's actually less power involved with being an officer in that conference because uh, I have no vote. Uh, I am not trusted by my group to carry a vote well, as an officer. Uh, <laughs> so I, I don't even have the option to manipulate a vote anymore. But uh, just a little full disclosure there. I also wanted to bring a couple things up that were touched on during this discussion. Uh, it's now uh, July 8th. I imagine uh, this podcast will be going online today. I'm, I'm just recording this little uh, you know, wrap-up of it. But uh, a few things to touch on. I'd mentioned during the podcast, I, I think I said $1,250 per month for this facility. I actually meant for the weekend. If I remember right, the total cost of the conference came to $2,800-some-odd. Uh, it was in the high 2000s. But I do remember this from the end of the conference because we had discussed home groups directly to funding funding services and there's no treasurer for the as is conference because the as is conference itself handles absolutely no money again home groups directly support this a home group sponsor to put this on they try to price things accordingly uh as as far as the uh the meals and it was just an 85 dollar flat fee for your uh boarding uh you know your your room and uh and it's kind of a dormitory type situation there but to stay in the room use the facilities the the canoes or kayaks the they had fishing equipment they had a swimming pool it was all quite nice it's kind of like a little summer camp situation there um but they tried to price it accordingly so that between the food costs and the food was uh very well put together by the way uh, uh so that they were trying to hit a break-even point so that we're not making a profit on this thing and, and that the home group's not and uh you know there's no swag there's no t-shirt sales but the beautiful thing is i don't remember the exact figures but i do remember it's like 120 dollars more that they took in that this home group had spent to put the conference on uh because they you know number one they're familiar with doing this and they had a good estimation of what this was going to cost you know, we'd mentioned there were more than 20 groups represented there. There were far more than 20 people there. Uh, you know, sometimes people will come. Uh, more than one member of a home group will show up. Sometimes, uh, um, yeah, uh, you'll have people there that aren't a member of a home group that's represented, uh, or their home group does not want to participate, but they want to be there for the conference. So even though they don't have a vote, they do have some input. They get to be there for the discussions, the literature writing. Any type of literature is, is open 
participation. You know, anybody who wants to be on the literature committee that uh, has uh, any clean time at all is on a literature community committee uh, just by virtue of saying they want to be. So, uh, you know, I think it's about $2,800 and change overall. Uh, sounds like a lot, uh, but really this is a world-level conference. Uh, as is is a world level service body, uh, and don't confuse that with being part of Narcotics Anonymous World Services because it's not. Uh, if you didn't get the gist of that already, uh, but you know we actually have more representation there, uh, direct representation of the groups than they had in the early days of the WSC. So when Billy's talking about things like this, takes him back to 1981, uh, things like that. This really is the birth of, of uh, something wonderful. But anyway, yeah, this this uh, the the home group. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm assuming it was their home group's treasurer, uh, the historical perspective group of uh, NA in Philadelphia or not Philadelphia, Allentown, Pennsylvania. Uh, they had taken in about $120 more than it cost to put the event on. Uh, it had already been determined that we will be using that facility again next year, and there's a $200 deposit. So they actually took that $120, applied it to next year's deposit, and the home group's going to go ahead and put up uh, the other 80, or did go ahead and put up the other 80. I, I think. Think, uh, right away uh, so there was no profit there the home group ended up coming out of their pocket uh, $80 for next year's deposit it was almost an exact break-even scenario talk about a God thing and the funds just being there in the right amount when the purpose is right and when the home group supported it was a really incredible and unbelievable another couple things I want to add uh, there is discussion going on at the conference at this point about either moving this thing to a more central location or rotating it around the country no motion has been brought by a home group yet I'm sure we'll hear uh, one of those motions either uh, at Ohio. Uh, I believe groups can still put in mo motions at the Ohio Literature Conference for next year's uh, as-is conference or next year. But uh, there will be some motions at some point to either move this thing around the country, like uh, maybe a, an East Coast, Chicago, L.A. type of rotation, or uh, maybe just moving it somewhere in the middle of the country, like Kansas or something, so that it's more accessible because we are getting a lot more uh, Western groups involved at this point. Another thing, the last thing I really wanted to add here that's kind of pertinent information is you heard at the end of the podcast or toward the end of the podcast, a group in California had joined. Uh, Billy had gotten a phone call, uh, you know, before the conference was even over. Since the conference took place, uh, it was just such a beautiful experience. <laughs> Literally no fighting at this conference. We're talking a world-level conference here. Nobody fighting, uh, you know. It, it's beautiful when that happens at an area level. Uh, let alone at something like this. There was absolutely no fighting. There's nothing to fight about when it all goes back to the groups. There's nothing to fight about when only the groups can make motions. There's there's no debate. Nobody can kill a motion. There's no, this is out of order or parliamentary uh, maneuvering to stop the groups from voting on something. It just is what it is, and all motions that are made by groups go back to the groups. Um, and probably the only motions that wouldn't be heard would be motions to take control out of the group's hands. And even then, I, I, I don't know if the groups maybe wouldn't hear those. We can't go outside the tradition, so I can't imagine a motion that would say, hey, we're going to control things or we're going to use the concepts. But uh, you know, kind of getting a little off track there. It's just a beautiful thing. And since this conference took place... Uh, <laughs> the attraction rather than promotion. I don't know if words just got around 
but we have had a handful of groups join. I, I couldn't even tell you how many. Uh, I know it's less than 10, but uh, more than I can count off the top of my head. I know a handful of groups have recently said, hey, we're joining the as-is conference. Can you get us on a schedule? And uh, we want to be there next year. And we're not just going in the United States. We're talking about Europe as well. So uh, unbelievable process. If you if you haven't been part of the ASIS conference or you've never seen a service structure that's really directly responsible, uh, not just accountable, but responsible, uh, directed by the home groups that they're supposed to be serving, uh, not indirect responsibility, not uh, indirectly where you get any type of water down through area, through region, where groups vote directly. If you've never been a part of that, even if your home group's not involved, come try and check this thing out next year in 2016. I don't have the exact dates. It will be in Hamburg, Pennsylvania again. Uh, and uh, we're not affiliated with them, obviously, but uh, the facility next year is the Olivet Mountain Camp in Hamburg, Pennsylvania, uh, where it has been in the past. Uh, it, it's just an incredible thing. I know it's going to take place uh, mid to late June again. Again, I don't have the exact dates, but you should really come check that out. Uh, get on the website. Uh, there's also a lot of traditionalist events happening throughout the years, throughout the year, literature writing processes, things like that. Get online if you can. You probably heard enough of me babbling. I just wanted to thank you for tuning into this podcast. I can't say enough about. I don't even know if excitement is the right word. I am excited, but just how at peace I feel with this whole process and what's going on. And uh, you know, usually when I go out of town, you miss being home. Uh, and I did miss being home, but I didn't have that urgency to, man, I just want to get back across the country. And, and I'm actually home and love being home and love my family and, and love my home group and all that good stuff. But there's a part of me that is really missing being at that, you know, at that mountain camp with members of Narcotics Anonymous who were motivated by nothing more than to serve the groups and do something beautiful. Again, thank you for the, listening to this podcast. Uh, Hope you got something out of it. I definitely hope you take uh, some things back to your home group if you're interested. Again, thanks for listening, and we will see you on the next podcast. This is Autonomous Unity on the Solidarity with Autonomy Network, The Swan.